Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. God's word tells us to train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Unfortunately for us moms of adolescents or preteens or teenage children, they are not old. We are still very much in the training years. And I think while oftentimes my heart thinks, wait, haven't we already done this? Haven't we been down this training path already for years and years? God's word tells us that when they are old, they will not depart from it. So this is a journey. This is a marathon that we are on. And I am so thankful to be able to bring my mom back with us for another conversation about tools of discipline. My mom is Connie Burroughs, and she raised myself and my three younger siblings. And now we are all grown adults who know and love and serve the Lord, which I think is my highest goal in raising my children is that they grow to be children, grow to be adults who know and serve the Lord. So I'm so thankful to be able to have her back here. We talked back on episode 33 about raising younger children and what tools of discipline are with younger children. And so I'm so glad to be able to come back for this conversation specifically about tools of discipline with older children. So mom, thank you again so much for being back here with us again. I'm so happy to be with you. All right. So we talked back on episode 33 about discipline or tools of discipline with younger children. So let's do a little, just a little tiny recap of that. Okay, we talked about that the goal of discipline is to work yourself out of a job so that your children are self-disciplined adults who love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind, and out of that love grows a life of obedience to Him and a love for others. Right. So when I remember us talking about that, what's tricky is that what we want to do is we want to sometimes, not not always, but sometimes we want to just choose how they're going to act that I do this and you act that way. But the truth is my goal is not exactly to just see right actions. My goal is to be ministering to their heart. Right. And that, um, our goal can't just be to control their behavior because that means that whenever they're not in our presence, then they'll be out of control. So yes, the goal is to reach their hearts and God's word tells us a lot about the heart, um, <laughs> which is funny. I was thinking about that idea of us training their hearts because I think about like Disney, like uh-huh. follow your heart. <laughs> and I, I saw something the other day, someone posted, um, something on social media that said something about following your feelings for they are from God. And I thought, oh my goodness. That is not what God's word says. So what verses did you think of that have to do with what God's word actually says about the heart? Yes. Um, Well, it says above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And that's from Proverbs 4, 23. And then there's some passages in Matthew 12, 34, and it's also in Luke 6, 45, 
where it says for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Hmm. And I've heard it said, and I know that in my own life, that right thinking leads to right behavior. So we want to train our children to think right so that their behavior will follow. Yes. Which as I think about even having my oldest is 12 right now. And I think about when we were getting ready, we just got to send him off to camp for a weekend. And it was interesting because, uh, my husband and I were talking about like the days leading up before he was going to go, okay, what conversations do we need to have? Are there things we haven't talked about that we need to talk about? How is he ready to go? And I said, you know, this, there's really not, we've been having these conversations for months and years. And like you said, it's been about training the heart and training the mind, not just about when you're with us, these are our rules. This is how we talk because it's not about all of those black and white things because life is not all black and white. There's a lot of gray. And if we don't train the thinking and the reasoning and the training of the heart, then they're not going to be able to take that and actually put it into action the ways that maybe we would hope that they would. Right. Right. It's teaching a lot more, uh, teaching a lot more of them having to learn how to think in the situations that they find themselves in. Right. Which is, I think a lot more actual work to make that happen. It it makes me think of that Deuteronomy passage, which I talk about on here so often, but I think (laughs) it's because I'm talking about mothering and that really is such a important, like crucial aspect of mothering is we talk about these things all the time. So it's, you know, when we're wandering around Disneyland, we're having conversations that are going to be training the way that they're thinking and reasoning, even though it's not in a moment of necessarily punishing, there is discipline or discipleship taking place as we're waiting in line together. Right. And so you might want to quote that verse again. So, okay. So the verse it's in Deuteronomy and it says, uh, I want to sing it. Um, talk (laughs) about these things when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, I believe it's Deuteronomy six, maybe 12 or 22, but it's in Deuteronomy six where it talks about that. Um, yeah. So let's talk about this because our goal is the heart actions will flow out of the heart, but the heart is really where our goal is. So how do we actually help reach their heart? Cause that feels a lot harder than the behaviors that we see. And it is, um, I think, uh, they're all, and they're all hard. Probably the first one that I think of as being a godly example to your children. And, um, again, this is a review from the one we've already done. So we expanded a lot more on that, um, in the other, in episode 33, but being a godly example to your children, building a relationship with your children and protecting your children's hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I had a quote from Josh McDowell about the relationships. He says, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. And mm-hmm. I have really seen that true in lots of cases. Absolutely. I think about some of the families on both extremes. I think about the families who I knew growing up who were much more hands-off that their kids were away from them a whole lot, but they did have a lot of rules, but when they were away and I was with them, it was kind of like some of those just went out the window, like, well, 
they're away now. So I get a break. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's very sad and different. And then also though, sadly, I think a lot of, I think of some families who I knew also who were very well-meaning and were very sheltered with their children who were very close in a lot of ways, but didn't necessarily have that close relationship. They were close in proximity, but maybe not actually close in their heart. And that there were things going on in their lives that like everyone else in youth group knew about, except for those parents, because the relationship wasn't really there. Right. And again, go back and listen to that episode 33, because mm-hmm. we talk about ways to build relationships with your children. And it's just, yes. it's just so important. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about um, one other thing you mentioned about reaching the heart was making training a priority and mm-hmm. really making the most of the time that God has given us with our children. Yeah. Um, it, it really, the time, I know it feels, it's that story of that the days are long, but the years yes. are short <laughs> and it is really so true. And so you just Mm-hmm. have to really make this time a real priority and enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, make lovingly training them your job um, and really wanting to work at it with all your heart. Uh, we should not look at this training as interruptions, which is so difficult because the training usually happens when it is interrupting yes. what we thought <laughs> our day was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you can try to think of it in terms of this is an opportunity for me to share truth in my child's life, but I know it's hard. Uh, it was hard for me, but uh, they are gifts from God and we only get to have them. They just have one childhood. So we need to really make sure that we make the most of it. Um, there's so many passages in scripture, particularly in Proverbs about discipline. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine seventeen says, discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. And Proverbs 3.11 says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father disciplines the son he delights in. Mm, Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about, that's kind of a good review, I think, of what we talked about in episode 33. Let's move on and talk about now how these tools of discipline with older children are going to be different than those with younger children. So um, younger age children, would you think like elementary age, younger or like toddlers? Well, I, I, um, when we were preparing for this, I was kind of more thinking about, um, you know, elementary school, Mm -hmm. middle school, but we can move it on into so let's, if that's what you're thinking. let's settle in elementary and middle, let's stay in that space. And then, because as I think back to our thinking back about our other one, I feel like it was, it, it would not be applicable to maybe like my nine-year-old. Right. <laughs> so exactly. this will be better for that. But then let's also pick up the conversation another time, specifically about teens yeah. and kind of what does training look like with teens and that, and that age. Sure. Okay. So, um, First of all, how is it the same? I know we already talked about some different ideas or what are ways that you think really specifically we're really looking very different here? Well, I think our motivation is the same with older and younger children um, that I'm on my child's team. I want him to succeed. Um, I also need to check my motives with younger children and with a little bit older children. Is this about my pride? 
Mm-hmm. Is my child um, being well behaved and a, and a high achieving child makes me look really good. Mm-hmm. So I also need to be checking my heart motives as well as their heart motives. I don't want them to just look good on the outside. I really want my children to think right so that their behavior will follow. Yeah. And that is the same with all of them. And I think that it's interesting. I think with the first child, especially that's really hard because we have this expectation that we're going to do things right. And that they're going to react correctly, especially when we're being seen, whether it's being seen by family or teachers or at church or in public at the store. Uh, We had a day the other day at the store where we were at uh, good trying to get some shoes and they did not have the shoes that my sweet um, three-year-old wanted. And she just laid down and put her face into her hands and just sobbed. And I was thinking how different that would have been when it was a very first child. I think it just, I would have been aware of other people watching or not, maybe because of having so many other children to be responsible for. I'm not aware of it anymore or any concerned, but I just think about there. I'm sure there were times parenting with a firstborn that I even could like feel myself getting sweaty or hot or stressed in those circumstances. But now that I've done it so many times, I'm like, Oh, you sweet three-year-old. It is really hard (laughs) that your shoes aren't working. And that really helps me to see the difference in my perspective. Now having it be my fourth child going through three-year-old feelings really does help me when my 12-year-old or nine-year-old or six-year-old are having their own struggles as well, just to realize five years down the road, I'm going to have a very different perspective of what it looks like raising a 12 or nine or six-year-old. I mean, even my six-year-old, I have different grace with because I've already been there, but I think realize trying to shift our perspective and step back a little bit sometimes really, really helps to help me keep a marathon perspective, a long-term perspective, instead of getting sucked into that moment of struggle and training. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. That's true. And what are some ways that you would say that it's different maybe to be training that older child than the three-year-old on the floor with the shoe struggles? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, there are, there are differences, quite a few differences. An older child has the maturity to better understand what you're communicating. And mm-hmm. uh, they have, in theory, they should have better control of themselves and they have matured in their relationship with you and with dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so as my children matured, they had more independence, which meant that you guys needed to be able to make good choices without me being around to intervene. Mm-hmm. So that means that an older child um, needs to have the knowledge and skills to make the right decisions. Yeah. I remember that being, which is kind of the same conversation I picked up. I remember that being a conversation before I went to camp was mm-hmm. basically just, Hey, make good choices <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> because we've had the conversations, you know, all the things. And so I had basically the same conversation with Lincoln before he went to camp, uh, Another thing I think of that is a difference is that discipline training with young children, because of their lack of reasoning and lack of like law, they don't hold things for long. Everything is long to them. 
you know, a show might be very long to wait or waiting five minutes for lunch could be like, they're going to die if they don't get their lunch. They don't have any idea what five minutes is, No, but an older child, everything doesn't have to be in that moment. So while we do need to still train the things, there is a grace in the amount of time that can elapse with an older child that with a younger child, it really has to be more immediate or I feel that I've lost the window to discipline. I can't bring back a problem that came up, you know, 30 minutes ago. Whereas with my older child, we can revisit that a little later in the day if we need to, which is different. And which is really nice too, because uh, it gives you an opportunity to really think through what you would like to say to your older child and um, gives you an opportunity to maybe find some time alone instead of, like you Mm -hmm. said, in the middle of something. And I think that was something that was a transition that was a difficult one for us to, to realize how important it was as parents that oftentimes when things are challenging, I want to deal with it in the moment. I want to say, okay, we're going to deal with this right now and whatever it is and uh, take care of the problem. Cause you know, it's maybe it's heated or maybe that's they, maybe they offended me with whatever happened or upset me. But if I take advantage of the fact and use the fact that there can be some time and allow them to go have some space to cool down and get their heads right and me take a little space, maybe more importantly, to cool down and get my head right, then we can actually have a conversation and it can be, I believe, more led by the spirit because I've slowed down and prayed about the conversation of whatever the discipline is that needs to take place before I'm just jumping into something. I'm able to actually respond to what's going on instead of just react. And you also mentioned the relationship with mom and dad is different when they're older. It's also different because hopefully many of our children have a relationship with the Lord as they're getting older. So they have the Holy spirit at work in their heart. And I can't even begin to tell the number of times that we've paused and said, we're going to pause and go our separate ways just for a bit. You head to your room, going to head to my room. We'll come back together. And how many times the Holy spirit has worked in preparing them and preparing me and the training that takes place is completely different than it would be if it were done on my own time by my own power, I would have completely missed an opportunity for the Lord to work. Yes. And I I think that that, that really leads us to some of the kind of specific tools of discipline. Yeah. Let's go on into that. Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, one of the things that you, you mentioned giving each other some space, And Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes, uh, you know, if we're not going to be yelling at our kids and losing our tempers, that sometimes that's only possible if we can give each other some space. Mm -hmm. Um, There were, you know, many times when I would have one of you go to your room just to think about a situation um, for you to think about it and also for me to think about it rationally, because I can't think about something rationally if I'm so angry. Mm -hmm. And um you know, I hate to admit that I was so angry, but you know, we are, mm-hmm. and I don't like it that that's in me, but it is. <laughs> and, and there's, there's psychology about that too. There's this book, the whole brain child, and it talks about your upstairs brain and your downstairs brain. 
and how when you they they use the like terminology like flipping your lid and how you lose the ability to reason and respond the way you actually want to until you slow back down and get some deep breaths and get back into that healthy thinking place again which is where you both need to be so maybe they don't even know that you're going to separate rooms for you. <laughs> they, yeah. I don't know if, I don't think I ever knew that growing up. I think that I, I think I was only surprised. I mean, yeah, I thought it was for, I thought it was because of me. I was in trouble. Um, I was in trouble, but it I was a safety net. <laughs> yes. You're safer. If you go to your room right now, <laughs> that's for uh, sure. But okay. So one of, with that, not to control yourself, to not yell, and not lose your temper. Part of that is having a plan. And there have been times in parenting when either we didn't have a plan to deal with what the issue was because it was new. Because as they Mm -hmm. grow and change, there are new things that come up. So our plans have to grow and change. And as they grow and change, the plans have to be able to change because the ways that we're disciplining them will change with age. Even if the issue is the same, obviously we're not going to have the same method of training for a nine-year-old as we do for a three-year-old. Right. Right. But, but we do have to have the plan or else it feels very out of control. And when you feel out of control, then you get angry and then you're going to be yelling and that doesn't serve anybody. Do you want to give an example of a plan? Okay. So we have a funny plan that we came up with together and most, a lot of it was my husband's idea, but part of it is because I think that he has a lot of empathy for our oldest because of that. They're a lot alike and, um, both being firstborn boys. So the plan that we came up with is that your first, your first offense is that you do burpees of however many, however old you are. So let's say you're nine, then, you know, Hey, you know, we, well, first we warn you, actually, I should say many times you get a warning first. If it's something that like blatantly, you know, to not do that and you're older, then you know you don't get a warning because you know how to be, but maybe you get a warning first and then you get, you know, nine up downs. And then the second time during the day, if something goes on like that again, then it's 18. If it happens again, then it's 27 and then if whatever it is happens again, then you lose a privilege. So maybe you lose TV or maybe you lose the iPad or maybe whatever the thing is or a sweet treat, whatever the thing is for you. Um, that that's kind of the pattern that we've come up with. And for us having that physical response was actually really helpful when he came up with that, because we have found that having something physical for them to do kind of allows some of the frustration in taking the punishment to get worked out and, and requires a physically active response that you can't just be like, okay, fine. Sorry. Like, well, you know, you have to actually do what the thing is. So there's an element of like sub kind of submissiveness or a a choice to be obedient. And if there's a response of saying, well, I'm not going to do that. And it's like, well, you just went straight to losing the iPad. Then that was a sad choice. Yeah. You know, I do have to chuckle with that whole thing, though, because you realize that some people that are going to listen to this have mild mannered children 
and they're thinking, why do you have so many steps? Why <laughs> they lose this, then they lose this, then they lose this. Yeah. But you know what? Not everybody is mild-mannered and that's good. We need all kinds of people to run this world. You know, we do. And they need to go listen to our conversation about us raising a strong-willed child That's because right. uh, we happen to be those types and we have a lot of those types because the apple doesn't fall far from that tree. So That is right. And God can use. <laughs> all of us. So yeah. one of the things though, that I think um, that I do want to talk about is yelling. Yeah. And it's interesting because in some people's homes, I don't know that they even think that there's a problem with yelling. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I really challenged myself on this. I knew that I didn't like yelling, but I thought, well, maybe that's from my background, that that just is a real trigger for me. But the more I've spent time in scripture, the more I don't see that that's um, at all being an example of showing self-control and that makes me, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It just shows that you're, you've lost your Mm -hmm. control. Yeah. It makes me think of that verse too, that says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger Mm -hmm. that it doesn't lead to a place of peace or lead to a place of training, which is what our goal is. Again, it's a heart goal. Right. So we kind of, we lose the privilege of the training when we yell. Right. Yeah, you well, can't I, remember, I remember listening once to an explanation about yelling and why we think it works, but it really doesn't. Hmm. And the example was bedtime and that mom calmly says, okay, time to put your toys away and get ready for bed. And the child continues to play. And a few minutes later, mom calmly says, hey, I said, it's time to put your toys away and get ready for bed. The child continues to play and doesn't make any changes. A few minutes later, mom raises her voice. I said, put your toys away and get ready for bed. And then the child begins to put the toys away and gets ready for bed. So mom begins to think that she has to yell to get the child's obedience. Hmm. When in reality, she's trained her child to know that until she yells, she doesn't really mean it. That the yelling is connected to an action. They know Mm. that in a minute, they're going to get snatched up by the arm or swatted on the bottom. Something's going to happen that's connected to the raised voice. Mm. And so they start using the raised voice as their cue to behave. That's when she actually means it. Right. That before that, she didn't mean it. And actually, if mom starts thinking back on it, she realizes that is actually correct. Mm. I don't mean it until then, because that's when I'm willing to stop what I'm doing and actually help you get ready for bed. Mm. Yeah. Um, So the idea then is that if instead mom says time to put your toys away and get ready for bed, and then mom has to watch, this is what training is. It would be what you would do if you were training a pet, you would watch to see if they're going to do what you said. So you watch to see if the child responds. Maybe you give them count to 10 in your head to give them a minute. Um, I like that you said to count to 10 in your head because sometimes children, it takes a second for them to process something. And I'm not very good at this. My nature is to want to say, hey, it's time to get up and pick up now. And then they don't. And so I almost immediately say, I said, pick up. Did you hear me when I said it's time to pick up? Because you're not doing it. And one of my children actually said to me not too long ago, mom, you say the next thing so fast that I didn't even have time to think about what you told me the first time. 
And I said, I am so sorry. You're right. My words just came right after each other. I will try that. And sometimes when I do a mental 10 count, it feels so long, but it also gives me time to breathe and think about what I'm saying next. So absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. So, yeah. So instead you just, you know, say, okay, time to put your toys away, get ready for bed. And then you watch. And in your head, count to 10, one, two, three, four, five, and then see if they move. Um, If not, if they don't move, then you say, here, let me help you. So they realize, oh, she actually means she wants me to start changing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So you can start helping them. Um, You could help them get started. And if the child does not help, then mom can calmly set up a consequence. Uh, this is taking you longer to get started than I thought. That's so disappointing because now we've used up our story time. I'm not going to be able to read a story tonight. So let's get the get things picked up and they may be sad and you can em- empathize with them. I'm sad too. I love our story time. So Or angry. They might throw a block at you. They might. <laughs> <laughs> There's all types. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, but then you'd start that plan that you had, you know, that you mentioned earlier. Um, so, so, uh, so I'll set a reminder on my phone tomorrow night so that we'll remember to start earlier. And that way we'll also have time to read our story. Mm-hmm. So, um, talking to them in this way, um, you know, nobody's yelling and, mm-hmm. and you're training them. Now, if it has been, if that has been your, mode of operation for a long time, you know, you always give lots of, you know, we're kind of time to get ready for bed, time to get ready for bed, time to get ready for bed, time to get ready for bed. And you can't, you can't just suddenly change it. You need to explain it to them. Mm-hmm. So maybe the next morning at breakfast, you could say, you know, I've been thinking about this and I realize. <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing because you remember these conversations. And it sounds just like the things I say now. <laughs> and my older kids know when I start saying it like that and they're like, oh no, what's mom going to change? She's always changing things and blaming it on herself. And it makes our life harder. <laughs> okay. Tell everyone, how do you do it? <laughs> so, so you're sitting at breakfast and say, you know, I've just been thinking about our bedtime routine and it's just making me feel so sad because I've realized I have not been showing self-control. I've been yelling at you guys every night and I feel really bad about that. And so I'm not going to do that anymore. And so instead, I'm just going to tell you time to get ready for bed. And that's your, that's when you're going to hop up and get ready for bed. And if you don't, then I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you to just right away, just get ready for bed so that you don't have to wonder does mom mean get ready for bed or, or should I just keep playing until she yells at me? Because mm-hmm. I promise I'm going to really try. I'm going to mean it the first time I say it. Okay. So one thing you're saying about this though, because specifically you mentioned bedtime, which is awesome because I think bedtime is a real struggle for a lot of people. Uh-huh. And it was for me. And that's, a, I think part of the reason it's hard is what you just said is I'm going to help you. And by bedtime, especially, I mean, we could do a whole podcast about bedtime, but (laughs) we won't, we won't camp on that for too long, but I think moms are especially tired by that point. So you don't want to have to help anymore. You just want them to listen and do what they're supposed to do. And more likely than not, you're kind of done training 
The problem is you're not done training. We're still training. And I realized kind of going on to another just idea is if what we're doing isn't working and we're still just doing it that way over and over again, it's going to keep not working. And I realized that that was happening to us with bedtime. And when I shifted my mentality on bedtime to this is when I'm trying to get you to go to bed and it doesn't work in all of these ways to this is when I am training you in how to go to sleep and how to go to bed. And I realized it's a training period. And it's almost like I had this energy reserve. Like I knew I need to go into low battery mode earlier. So that way I have enough to preserve me through the evening because that is training. And then I also did something else that I think people aren't going to want to hear, but has made a world of difference is I put my phone away Uh and I pick a place that I put it. And I knew until I get this under control, I cannot have my phone as a source of entertainment or distraction or productivity or whatever I want to call it that it was being during that time. Because when I thought I should be able to just get you to bed and then enjoy reading a blog or listening to something, listening to a podcast or something. And I realized, no, I have to be fully engaged and focused because this is not working and I need to help it work. And getting half of me is not enough to help it work. Mm -hmm. And it made a huge difference. And in theory, it won't be forever. Oh no, we're on the other end of it now. And I only started, it's February. And I started that the beginning of January or end of December. Mm -hmm. And so if you can think in terms of, like you said, that this is a training, I'm going to really put forth a lot of effort for this short time period, but it's going to have great benefits, Mm long-term benefits. And, you know, it actually is right thinking leads to right behavior. (laughs) Yes. If we think right about this and think I'm training this, I'm working, I'm discipling my children, I'm helping them to be self-disciplined. And this Mm -hmm. is going to serve them well. And so I'm going to really work hard at this for this short term, you know, short time period. And then it's going to reap long-term benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think that you're absolutely right. And it does pay off in the short term and it pays off in the long term. So both, and there will be times that they backslide. I think when there's an area that's a struggle that we all have that, I mean, I'm the same way, the areas that I'm weak in, I tend to fall back into. And so when it rears its ugly head again, whatever the area of, you know, behavior is, that's the one that's, that's a struggle for that child. Instead of thinking, oh no, we failed. It's back again. Just remember, this is another opportunity and treating these Treating these behaviors, I guess we can call them, as opportunities to train them and realizing that that's what they are is a very different thing than thinking, oh, I'm failing or, oh, they're awful. It's a completely different mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So one of the things I mentioned is that I looked back at bedtime and realized it wasn't working. And I think that we have to do that. That's kind of another step in this is that we have to look, take a step back. And really analyze what our days look like, what our mornings look like, our evenings, and say, what is working 
and what is not. Because more often than not, the things that are not working are the same. And there's really patterns of wrong behavior that needs to be addressed. Right. And I think that's true always. I mean, Mm -hmm. all the way through child rearing from the time they come home with you until the time they leave your home that you always need to be looking back, you know, maybe even have a time of the week that you think back on the week and think what's going right and what's going wrong mm-hmm. and to, you know, reevaluate what's going on. Cause wouldn't you do that with your job? If you had a job, you know, that you were <laughs> paid for, wouldn't you think I want to do the best job I can, what could I do better? Mm-hmm. And this is the most important job you'll ever have. So I think constantly reevaluating is a great idea. Well, and I, I can't believe this because we have like so many more things to talk about. And I told you when we started this conversation, <laughs> I said, I think this is going to be more than we can do in one, in one episode. But I think this is a perfect place to pause it because to pause the conversation, because what we just talked about is enough to chew on for a week that If we take this week and really in this conversation with a prayer in our own hearts of saying, Lord, open my eyes to what's not working this week, illuminate the patterns that are not working and allow me to see those in my home so that I can make a change. And so I would encourage moms going into this week, get out a note card or open up a notes on your phone. And rather than making one week of making all the changes and thinking, all right, here we go. This is, you know, boot camp 101. Let this be a week of real prayerful reflection of what is working and what is not working in your home and really, really analyze it. When is it not working? What is happening with your child when it's not working? What is the time of day that it's not working? What is happening with you? Like I said, I mean, I pointed the finger at myself. It's when I had my phone out at bedtime thinking I could just passively get past that point of day. Is it when there, is it when your child is stressed out? That's a real thing. Is it when they don't feel good about themselves? Is it when they're anxious because they're going into a situation where there regularly are challenges that they start having these different behavior problems? Is it when you haven't had time with them or when they haven't been able to have time with you? Uh, So really spend this week looking over with yourself, what, when is it working and when is it not working? And then next week we will talk about how you work with your husband on this. We'll talk about consistency and behavior, preventative discipline. We've got quite a bit more that we're going to jump into Uh next week. But um, we'll go ahead and stop there. Mom, is there anything else that you would want to add for them to chew on this week before we get into next week's conversation? I would just encourage you, um, just like Krista said, write these things down, actually, Mm -hmm. you know, in your phone or on a piece of paper, however works for you, and really look at it and, and think through and really analyze because you might find, you might be feeling like, oh, we're just so out of control in our house. Mm -hmm. But you may find that the more you actually write down what your concerns are, they really may boil down to just one or two things. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's because their heart training and oftentimes the behaviors may look different, but they go back to the same challenges of the heart. Yours and your child's. Sorry. 
(laughs) Isn't that the hardest thing is we're sanctified through our mothering over and over again. But I don't want to leave you feeling like you're right. It's all me. I'm the worst. Mm -hmm. Um, I want you to instead look at it and say, this is so great for me to recognize these things Mm -hmm. and then really, really make a choice to lean into God, pray about what it is. And you're just going to be so incredibly surprised how he will lift that burden that was never yours to carry. Mm -hmm. And um, because his burden is light. And mm-hmm. he doesn't want this to be a big, heavy burden. It's a gift. Our children are gifts to us. Yeah. So you just referenced that passage, which is actually wonderful. Cause I was thinking about going back to that at the end that where it says to take my yoke upon you. And this is Jesus speaking, come and learn of me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And as we keep continuing to turn back to him, he will gift us that easy yoke as he will carry us through this journey of parenting. And he has, he will equip us because he has called us to train these children. He could have put these children in any home, in any time of the world, in any time of history, in any place of the world. And he chose you to be the mom of your children because he knew that you would be the best place to show them who he is and to train them to know and serve him. So he will equip you and will give you all that you need. And I will be excited to bring back this conversation again next week. And if you haven't yet, go back and listen to episode 33 also about uh, tools of discipline for younger children. And you'll be ready to jump in with us next week again. Thanks again, mom, so much for joining me today. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.